In this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, we're going to discuss a mistake that not only limits your fourth quarter sales results, but it pretty much screws your results in the first quarter of the new year. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 50,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready, because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our fourth quarter resource that's going to actually be disappearing very, very soon. And it's actually something I put together that's designed to help you do three important things. The first thing is to obviously help you get in front of more opportunities, never a bad thing, but also going to help you expedite the deals that you have right now in your pipeline and last but not least maximize your account potential we're going to be talking all about it at the end of the podcast if you'd like to check it out now please visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash finish strong so if you've been listening to me for a while you know that uh I kind of like to get right down to business. I absolutely despise, with like all caps, despise these podcasts where they're, I don't know, like 12, 15 minutes long, and you're into minute eight or nine, and they still haven't really gotten to the whole meat and potatoes. So uh, we're going to get right down to business. So we're going to be discussing, actually over the, the next few episodes, of the Sales Playbook Podcast. We're going to be talking about fourth quarter mistakes and obviously how to avoid them, right? I could sit here and we can piss and moan about mistakes and, you know, those damn sales reps, they're making this mistake and they shouldn't be doing that and all that. Nah, that's not what we're all about. We want to talk about how we can avoid the mistakes, right? So we can all learn a little something, something. Uh, Yeah, I see this kind of going on for probably, you know, might be the next... I don't know, at least one to two episodes of the podcast, I'll dig into those, and in no particular order. So, having said that, in no particular order, I want to uh, get into the first mistake. And to me, this one is just a major mistake a lot of sales reps make. I've certainly made this one in the past. And you ready for this? It really, this mistake is all about too much emphasis on closing, right? I feel like if I was sitting in front of sales reps or certainly leadership in sales, a sales trainer getting up and saying there's too much emphasis in closing, I feel like somebody would have slapped me because I feel like there's nothing more demeaning to a man especially having another man slap you in the face. I think the only other thing equally as degrading is a man calling another man a bitch, I think. And and I, I feel like somebody would have done that to me if I said that in front of you. That's why I'm doing this through the comfort of my own home uh, because Uncle Paul here is nobody's bitch. 
just to put that out there. But no, but hear me out. There's too much emphasis on closing and not enough emphasis on new account acquisition and account development. So here's the deal. The reason why this is a bad thing is because it's going to limit your fourth quarter results to just the pipeline as it stands today, right? You're not putting anything new in there. And, uh, you know, I want to point this out. I heard this years ago, and it served as one of those moments in your life. You know those moments when you're like, oh, man, I never realized that. Kind of like a tap on the shoulder. Um, This gave me a tap on the shoulder when I heard what I'm about to say to you is that I want you to realize every time you sell someone that, you know, one of those accounts right now that you're hoping to close, you're losing one of your best prospects. And, uh, you know, that really made me think, you know, it's absolutely true. I am losing. I mean, and not to mention that during the fourth quarter, right? I mean, hey, by the way, if you're going to lose a prospect, uh, I don't think it gets any better then losing that prospect to them saying, yeah, I'll buy from you, man, right? That, that, that is the best scenario right there, best case scenario. But we also have a lot of people in the fourth quarter, well, you're around for that matter, that just for whatever reason, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, right? And they don't go with us. So there are plenty of things that remove our prospects, right? from the running and if we're not putting anything else in there not only do you limit your results during the fourth quarter but i'm here to tell you that uh you're going to start off the first quarter under the gun under pressure you know (laughs) just behind and and what an awful way to begin the year right and you, you don't, you know, I have to say this, I'm sorry, uh, and, and it's going to seem like a tangent, but I just had a horrible, and I'm not joking, I, I joke around about a lot of shit on this podcast, I'm not joking around about this, I had a horrible flashback right now, and not, and not like, you know, like an LSD flashback or some shit, whatever, I'm, I'm talking about like, a, like something from my life, that the minute I just thought about it right now, man, it's like, I got like depressed for a couple of seconds. Um, we have a lot of new listeners, right? And many of you may not know this, but I actually lost everything I had back in 1995. I had owned a printing company. I was an idiot. I wasn't putting anything new in the pipeline. I was relying on my customers i got incredibly lazy i probably became more of an order taker back then i knew better but i got very lazy and i just basically you know pulled up every day with the armored vehicle and just collected my cash until just a series of you know you might want to call it bad luck i mean one of my accounts was dupont and uh they were out there, pharmaceutical division, by the way, uh, and they were out here on Long Island, and uh, they moved that that division down to Wilmington, Delaware, where I believe they're, they're based. Uh, that was a major hit for me. Um, had a Canadian company that basically did the same. That was the second major hit. Had all these things happened, but here's my point. I knew better. 
I knew that I was I, I should have been putting more up working additional opportunities and not just depending on what I had right then in that moment in the pipeline, whether they be from potential clients or existing clients. I did nothing else for like I mean it had to be over like a year, year and a half. I'll never forget, and this is where the flashback comes in, that feeling when I realized how screwed I was because I had like almost no money coming into the business. I had maxed out my charge cards. You know, it was that moment when now all the creditors are calling you. I'm falling behind on my car payments and all this kind of stuff. And but here's where the reality set in. I'm like, oh man, it's like, all right, you know, I'll I'll, I'll make it happen. You know, I'll I'll pick up the phone. I'll make. There, there was at that point, it was too late, right? And I really feel that now. Yeah, I'm being a little dramatic with the story. I mean, that's actually what happened. By the way, there was no creative storytelling there. Sadly, I wish there was, but this is um, a very uh, pivotal point of my life when I had to make different decisions about how I would be as a sales professional and many times these decisions come when you're failing and uh, you know because when you're doing the right thing right there's no point in changing anything we're comfortable but when things go into the shitter you know it's you got to think about it but it was just so uh, I never forget my world just collapsed in that moment when I realized that it's too late by the time I get moving here and get things, it's just like I, I need th- these opportunities now. These things take time, right? And uh, first quarter is two months away, folks, less than two months away. I think we're at six weeks at this point. So uh, it's coming up quicker than you think. So having said all that, because that was more than a, a tangent and a half, what can we do about this, right? So before I tell you what we can do about it, We're going to eliminate a bullshit excuse that you're probably thinking right now. I don't have the time to do that because I have to focus on closing. Um, I'd rather you told me the dog ate your homework because that that is a bullshit excuse for an adult to give someone. Um, I really believe in sales. That's the wrong answer. You find the time. And believe me, I'm also the guy that tells you I'm not into, they call it hustle porn, by the way. These people that, I'm up every day at 4 o'clock and I don't go to bed until 3 a.m. and I I go on an hour. So, you know, I'm exaggerating. You know, I'm working right now, hustling on the weekend. I was hustling. And uh, what what are you doing? I'm taking your accounts while you're sitting there hanging out with your family. I'll be the first one to say that they those people are asshats, man. They really are. And I, I you know, but my, my youngest now is 24. But on the other side of it, in sales, we we've got it. it really, you know, people say that it's well, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But when you think about a marathon. I'm no running expert, but are there not times where we have to pick up the pace? Because if not, nobody's going to be winning any effing races. I mean, it's just, it's a marathon. So I have an excuse to just, you know, go at a snail's pace. Yeah, good luck. You'll be finishing that shit three months from now, right? So uh, there, there are times. So don't tell me you don't have the time. You really, there are times where you just, you're going to have to make the time. And I say this as someone not who is removed from sales. I've never stopped. 
I've been selling now for 39 years and I've never had the luxury of quitting sales. And uh, um, actually, I shouldn't say never had the luxury. I've had the honor of never quitting sales. And uh, as a one-man act, I, uh, I have to get out there hunting all the time. I don't, you know, I don't hunt. I don't eat. And if you guys uh, have seen me, man, you're, you know, I'm rather fat, man. My belly's full because I, I just know how important this is. So um, now that I kind of got up on the soapbox, let me let me step down for a moment and give you two suggestions how to find the time. And they they involve some things that you can do uh, kind of, I guess, before hours, right? To maybe get a little bit of that time toward the prospecting. One you might have heard of. It's called 10 before 10. I don't care if you do this every single day or if you do it a minimum of two to three days a week. It will be above, it, you know, it's, it's going to add to your prospecting efforts, 10 before 10 simply means 10 phone calls before 10 a.m. Uh, ideally, it would be every day because I want you to think about it. If every day you can do 10 prospecting calls before 10 a.m., and let's be honest, a lot of them you can start before 9 o'clock, especially with decision makers. What, what do you think? They're waiting till precisely 9 o'clock to start? No. They uh they get going rather early. And uh you know, you do ten before ten o'clock each day. That uh that adds up because now well first of all before I tell you about the adding up part, I, I want you to realize that that is a reasonable expectation to set. I'm gonna make ten calls. Every single day. Yeah, before I said two to three days a week. Um, that's, you know, consider that the lightweight version. Seriously, that's like kind of like, all right, come on, man, you lightweight. Uh, like like when I was growing up, we'd call you a wuss, right? That's kind of the wuss version. Uh, I would recommend every single workday a 10 before 10 because if you can accomplish those 10 calls before 10 a.m., you now have from 10 a.m. every day until whenever to focus your efforts on closing deals. I mean, what are we losing here? Like one official hour of the workday. So I think that is very good. And I think that's a fair thing. Really, one hour of the workday, maybe a little bit of your own time too, versus what are we thinking? Like seven hours for closing? Come on, man. That's uh, more than fair. Uh, but I want you to realize that when you deal with things like that, like 10 before 10, I, some other people say, hey, you know, that's not practical for me. I'm going to do a nine before nine. All right, God bless. Do that. Right. But it adds up because we have six weeks left of the year pretty much. And yes, there are, you know, some there's Christmas in there and New Year's in there and we have Thanksgiving in there. But just kind of theoretically, let's say, right? So, you know, my numbers are going to be a little bit lower than what I'm saying right now. But if every day we're doing 10 calls times five days a week, that's 50 a week times six, that's 300 more prospecting efforts. Um, the other thing I want to say about this, when you are doing prospecting activity every single day, you are working those muscles. Now, when you do it the other way, 
and you're focusing just really on closing and not doing any of this other stuff, those muscles become weak. So we want those muscles always to be strong. And I want to be clear. Do not mistake what I'm saying as, oh, yeah, I'll just send out uh, emails before then. Now, I, I, I'm talking about actual phone calls. And above and beyond that, I really do think you should absolutely be doing emails. And here's the beautiful thing about emails. You could do that shit at 9 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night while you're watching TV if you want. Or, you can, again, God forbid, during the home stretch of the year, we get up a little bit earlier and fire out a couple of emails. So uh, that's what I'm saying there. The other thing, it's something that I heard recently. And uh, I think this might be something because I'm, I'm always about standing out and being a little bit different than any, anybody else that's out there. I heard somebody talk about an approach. Please, please bear with me on this because this might be like, oh, wow, that's a left talk, man. I don't know about that. But seriously, hear me out on this. Called seven before seven. These aren't phone calls, though, by the way. Seven before seven. And it's a very specific type of email that you can send. Now, one of the emails that I always talk about is something called an embedded video email. And in order to do this, there's a lot of different apps that are out there. I am not affiliated with the people I'm about to recommend. I've just used them and I recommend them to all my coaching clients and participants of my classes, certainly on the podcast here. But there's something called Vidyard. And it's an app you can put right on your smartphone and you could shoot. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big advocate of a brief video because if I look and somebody's sending me a video and I see that it's too long because it'll show you how long the video is, like right on the little like screenshot type of thing that's there and, and, and it's embedded, the image. If I say, oh, shit, there's six minutes, I'll have six minutes for you. Um, I think it's best like a minute or less, especially if you see like 58 seconds, you know, 59 seconds even, under a minute. And what you do in that video is have a little dry erase board and write on it, whatever the person's name, was sending it to Diane. You're just going to write, hi, Diane. And the very first thing I want you to open that video with is you holding the sign, waving and smiling, saying, hi, Diane, right? And the reason why I want you to start it that way is because that's going to be the image that gets like the still shot of the video that gets embedded into the email. Um, I think it's very hard to not hear another human being out who's calling you by name, waving and smiling. Seriously, you got to be like one cold-hearted prick to just kind of blow that off. So, um, and then it just embeds it into the email for you and you send it to the other person. Now, the, what we're talking about here with the seven before seven, do seven of those before 7 a.m. And I'm going to tell you, Seriously, I'm not into like overworking people again, especially in the holiday season. I, I think I mentioned it the other day. Seriously, there there is nobody that's going to out Christmas me, man. I, I love the hell out of that damn holiday, which seems weird to say. I love the hell out of that Christmas thing. I, I don't know. That didn't sound right. But yeah, I, I, just, I just love it. I really do. I have a blast. I like to I do like to spend time with my family. And yes, here and there. In moderation, slow down a little bit, especially when we get that week between Christmas and New Year's, not, you know, using as the holidays as an excuse to screw off for 30 to 45 days that a lot of people do. But, um, you know, 
doing a little extra effort right now is not going to hurt you. I mean, at a bare minimum, it's going to set you up for a very successful start to the new year. But I also think that you're going to probably get some things now that start to, you know, happen because you're doing this. You're going to stand out, too, because I can't imagine anybody's going to say, beautiful video, cast name. Please put it in the pile of all the other videos I received. The other thing about embedded videos is that um, it utilizes a concept that I teach in uh, a lot of my classes, including uh, the class that I'm talking about here, the fourth quarter resource. Um, When it comes to emails, you want to put, I refer to them as speed bumps in your email. What is a speed bump in the real world? It's something that slows people down, right? Um, I know there's got to be somebody out there that slow me down. Well, most of us here that like to uh, not throw out you know, the car and get it all effed up, flying over speed bumps, you slow down. But people get so many emails today. In fact, they say the average person is sending and receiving approximately 121 emails a day. Um, you, If you are receiving a ton as a high level decision maker would, you get very good at scrolling. So the concept of a speed bump is something to get them to slow down and ideally stop. So what we found is a lot of things that are of a uh, like a, a graphic element. I almost said graphic nature, and that you know, like like somebody getting stabbed. That sounds like right. That's not really what I meant to convey. Um, a graphic element is one of many types of speed bumps. Like people go, wow, what's this? And then you start working uh, intrigue, like, wow, right? Like, let me check this out. And especially when you see somebody waving, holding a sign, smiling and saying, hey, you know, in the person's name, it really works out. So the 747 concept is, uh, you know, where you send seven of those out before 7 a.m. And I'm going to tell you, as somebody who not only does this regularly, Um, as someone who has just about every one of his coaching clients doing this. This is like one of the things my coaching clients refer to as a Paulism, which is something that like I just beat to death with them because I want them to do this. Um, It's something that you can bang out seven of these uh, inside of about half an hour. And the more you do them like every day and consistently, not only the better your results, but the better you become at it because you're going to have kind of a, um, you know, a template, if you will, that you're going to follow when you shoot these videos and you're doing it all the time. So, you know, the mechanics of it, which are not hard, you know, you know, verbally what you're going to convey and how each one of these videos only is only going to be a minute. So you're going to fly through them. So please give that a shot. The second thing that I want to cover very quickly in the podcast today is that that's the new account acquisition side of it, right? I said that one of the mistakes we make in the fourth quarter is that there's too much emphasis on closing, not enough on new account acquisition, not enough on account development. Let's jump over to the account development side now. So, there, you know, it's um, a lot of our existing accounts get neglected in the fourth quarter why again we're focused on closing new stuff and in the spirit of stating the obvious not only do you miss out on opportunities with your existing clients and certainly (coughs) pardon me revenue that not only counts toward your numbers but 
puts money in your pocket for the holidays. I mean, how freaking cool is that? Here's the bad side of neglecting your accounts. You become vulnerable to your competitors because you're not working those accounts. Now, there's something very important that I want you to think about that's going on right now. When the economy, when we have a situation like right now where there's an economic downturn, when, you know, we look back on the early days of the pandemic, when a lot of people were just, um, you know, not buying, what happens to salespeople? And don't, don't be a smart ass and say they get fired, right? We come out of the woodwork now because we're, you know, we're under more pressure. The things that were easier for us in the past have dried up. Now we're like calling everybody and their mother, So they come out of the woodwork. I'm here to tell you that if you can't realize right now that your competitors are calling the hell out of your accounts, the accounts that you've been working on, you you are delusional. They are coming out of the woodwork now. And if the economy continues to spiral downward, there's going to be more of that that's going to be going on. So here's where that can also help you. If you really haven't been all over those accounts and communicating with them properly, in fact, I'm going to give you a very specific task that you should like do immediately upon listening to this podcast. And it's very easy to do, by the way. Um, what happens is if you're not in communication, who do you think has the mo- most up-to-date information on your, your account? Is it you, the person who hasn't been in touch, or that competitor of yours who's been talking with them, right? I mean, nobody should ever have a firmer grasp on client needs than you, right? That's unacceptable. Seriously, it is. I don't care what kind of deal you're trying to close on the other end of the business. We have to keep in touch somehow. So there is a mistake that, another mistake, if you will, that sales reps make And I call it the needs analysis mistake. And another one of the things that we teach in the courses and in my one-on-one coaching is that when you're courting a client, right? You're trying to get them to come on board. You haven't done business with them yet. You are taught to ask lots of questions, right? Some of you call it a discovery call. Some of you call it a needs analysis, but we're kind of assessing needs and we're asking lots of questions. Now, let's think positively here. You get the account. Most sales reps will not do a needs analysis after that because we weren't taught that. And now you might be thinking, ah, it's not necessarily true, Paul. You know, I do ask some questions, but I would challenge you to look at the questions you're asking. And they're probably of a more transactional nature. And they're more um, designed around the specs of a project that they're handing to you instead of the bigger picture. So you focused on the bigger picture and how it impacts this part of the organization and that part of the organization when you were trying to get them on board so that you could offer the best possible solution. But most people, it stops there. So that's what I call the needs analysis mistake. And it really ties in to this business of not really, you know, or focusing so much on closing that we don't, uh, closing new business 
that we don't focus on some of our existing accounts. So here is the, an easy fix for you. I would not, a lot of people wait until either Christmas to do what I'm talking about, like Christmas time, you know, the holidays, if you will, I'm sorry. Uh, or they wait till the new year. I say too late on both accounts. Absolutely too late to be thinking about this. What they do, or what I'm proposing you do, is get back in there and do another analysis, a needs analysis. And what I like to do is refer to it as a, um, an account checkup. You know, like how you go to the doctor every year and you have a checkup. And I talk about this all the time. Sometimes you go for a checkup. They run some tests. They ask you questions. And sometimes all is good. And they say, see you next year. Other times they say, you know what? Let's take a little closer look at this. I have some concerns. But business moves at the speed of light. And we have to constantly do checkups. So I think that's one. And that could be low-hanging fruit for you right there, by the way. If you haven't asked those questions, and it's great. You might be saying, yeah, but I just had this project, and I was asking questions then. Yeah, probably around the, the project, the specs, the sizes, the colors, the you know the delivery date. Yeah, send it to the Chicago location and 10,000 units to Miami or whatever, right? That's not assessing the other areas of the business. So um, I think you should consider that a homework assignment, all right? So by way of a quick review, mistake number one is that we put too much emphasis on closing, not enough on prospecting and account development. The remedies, if you will, are as far as prospecting, you know, well, first of all, obviously get your prospecting on the calendar. I didn't mention that before, but get it on the calendar and regard it like any other appointment that you have and don't break that appointment. You would never do that to a prospect. You would never do that to a client. I bet you, you wouldn't do it to your boss, right? Why would you do it to yourself? How come everybody else gets that level of of respect, but we don't respect ourselves? No good. Don't like it, right? Uh, The other thing we said, consider the 10 before 10, right? That's 10 calls before 10 a.m. Every single day is the ideal, but at a minimum, two to three days a week. The other thing we said, seven before seven, that's when you do these little embedded video emails. Use an app like Vidyard, which by the way, there's a free version and a paid version. Uh, There's some differences between the two. I'm not going to bore you with all those, but the free version does work pretty good, damn good. So you might want to start there. Dip your toe in the water that way. As far as account development, I was saying a big mistake is that a lot of people, they don't do that needs analysis once the account becomes the account, right? So we talked about this concept of kind of repackaging it as an account checkup. Don't wait until the end of the year to do that. Like right now, it is, you know, uh, November 13th. Um, Like I get on that now. Seriously, like, well, no, I do that when I pay, you know, I pay him a visit at the holidays and I bring candy and shit and, and we do it then. Like, why would you lose 30 days on that? There might be a project right now you can get from them, right? Well, I usually do that in the new year or whatever. Again, <laughs> why, why, why would you wait two months and miss out two months of understanding your client at a deeper level? But anyway, don't get me started on that. So that's what I have for you today. Before you go, I want to point something out to you guys. And it's something that is uh, a bit of a pet peeve of mine. Uh, I, and, and this part of it isn't the pet peeve, but the worse the economy is doing, the more emails I get from you guys. And I feel horrible for you. A lot of you guys are struggling. What has always been a pet peeve of mine, and by the way, I would 
you know, if you knew me a few years back, I had this criticism of myself. So I don't even think, oh, wow, boy, this guy is, uh, you know, all high and mighty, the all-knowing Paul Castain. No, you guys aren't going to outdumb me on dumb mistakes. This is a dumb mistake. If you're feeling a pinch right now because of the economy, if you're feeling just a little more year-end struggling or whatever, right, you know, my question always is, and, and really in a non-dicky type of way, I ask this seriously, consider this coming at you from a position of love. What are you doing about it? No, I mean, seriously, because it's easy to complain about it. It's easy to throw our arms up in the end to say, ah, yeah, it's the, you know, poli- you know, it's the politicians, it's this, it's the gas, it's that, or whatever it is. All right, great. But what are you doing about it? You'll find you have a much greater sense of control when you step up your game. And by the way, I had an, <laughs> a rather unpopular opinion when the early days of the pandemic hit. Again, it was the same thing. Yeah, it's horrible. This is going on. That's going on or whatever it is. We're hurting as a, you know, as a profession right now. What are you doing about it? Stepping up your efforts or are you tapping out? So I've been offering right now a resource for the last few weeks that's about to go away because it's a fourth quarter resource i'm not going to be selling this shit like into the 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 first quarter of next year at some point i gotta say all right i got other stuff to offer but i designed a resource again that is designed to help you get in front of more opportunities also to help you expedite your deals and maximize the account potential and we take a much deeper deeper dive into a lot of the things we were talking about today i did cover some prospecting ideas specifically like that embedded email it's a very different approach you need different right now just so you know you you cannot be doing the same shit as everybody else because first of all a lot of that stuff got tired and boring about a decade ago Right, so we need kind of a different playbook right now, and uh, this this resource is designed to do that. Aside from the fact that there are over seventy five tips that I offer in this resource, there are also email and phone templates, as well as a lot of really cool bonus PDFs. If you'd like to take advantage of this, and I hope you do because I'm going to be pulling the plug on this very, very soon. I want you to visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash finish strong, all one word, all lowercase letters, yoursalesplaybook.com slash finish strong. With that, I'm Paul Castain from yoursalesplaybook.com. I am wishing you an incredible week ahead. Go get them. The Sales Playbook Podcast is a Castane training system production. Sign up for our free sales tips by visiting yoursalesplaybook.com slash subscribe.